This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. back everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king welcome into our roundtable edition of the show as we are back getting ready for auburn's game on saturday against arkansas but there's a lot more to talk about today that we're going to get to besides just the game i'm going to touch on a couple other things before we even get to the game um mainly in case you haven't known um, Auburn had four players as of today, recording this Wednesday, e- Wednesday evening, four players leave the team this week. Um, obviously with the, with the intention, all of them saying in their, in their social media posts, it's with the intention to transfer, um, when that, when that window opens up December 5th, obviously we don't know if they all happened this week or if, you know, maybe they made that decision before and now it's just coming to light this week. Um, starts with Zykevis Walker, the former top 100 recruit defensive lineman. Then you've got Landon King, who obviously made the decision to redshirt the year, and now is just deciding to leave the team altogether. A.D. Diamond, the redshirt freshman cornerback. And then today, the last one was Tarvarsh Dawson, Chick Dawson, who started the year as Auburn's starting slot receiver. Um, only had a couple catches on the year. Didn't 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 travel to either of the road games and then uh, decided to to leave the team and opt for a transfer at some point in the future when that when that opens up. So. We're joined uh, by our roundtable crew of Philip, Mark, and Jason, and, and you know this is this has been uh, this has been kind of a hectic day for Auburn fans. Uh, just the response has been uh, pretty overwhelming. Of obviously people being you know pretty upset at the current circumstances of things, and you know just anytime you have player after player leaving, and I think a lot of it goes into when you look at the 2021 class. I understand you know some people have have made the point, which is is correct that that. It's not it is Harson's first class. I say that in air quotes, but it is that transition class. It's often referred to when you make a coaching change. Um, but now only eight of those signees remain. Ten of them are gone. Um, and then obviously Zakivas Walker is one of the most talented players Auburn's recruited over the past few years. Chick Dawson was a four star player as well. Um, so a lot of that talent has now headed out the door. So I thought the best way to do this, um, we'll just go go around the room, if you will. Um, and just kind of give everybody an opportunity to kind of um, say their thoughts on on what's happened the past couple of days, because really, guys, it's been it's, it's it's felt pretty hectic. It's felt like a pretty long past couple of days, number one, because of what's happened. And number two, just because of the fan response. Um, Philip, I guess I'll start with you. You know, this transfers you and I have been talking about this past couple of days. The the number of transfers Auburn has had under Brian Harson is is a little is, is more than average, of, of course, but it is not overly abnormal. Um, but four in one week, especially after the bye week, especially with the state of this team right now, especially with the questions around Harson's job security, it it was a bit of a tipping point, I think, for a lot of fans, and, and they let a lot of those frustrations known this week. Yeah, well, you know, 
it, it obviously can't be a good sign uh, when players are not even November yet, and uh, and players are already making these these decisions. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, you know the wide receivers in particular. Uh, it's been the rotation has been, for lack of a better word, has been weird. I mean, uh, like you said, Tavares Dawson starts the first game, and then he doesn't even travel for two games. Uh, I think Landon King felt like he had been led to believe he was going to be a uh, play a major role against, uh, I guess it was Missouri, and then he didn't play at all. Uh, it's uh, It's been kind of strange, and uh, – you know, another one is Javarius Johnson. How, how they've used him has been mystifying to me. I mean, he's he's the one guy that has shown that he can make explosive big plays, and he's a lot of times he's not even on the field. So uh, I understand, it, but the, the biggest thing is it's just it's the way of the world now. I mean, all the new rules, these guys can transfer without, without penalty, and – they can play in four games and still red shirts. So I think once they get past four games or two, four games, then they start, if they're not, if things aren't going like they wanted to, or feel like they were told they would or whatever, they start thinking about, well, if I want to transfer, then I probably ought to do it now before uh, I play in a fifth game. So, uh, you know, you would like for everybody to be, devoted to the team and devoted to uh, uh, just doing whatever they're asked to do. But uh, that's not where we are. Uh, it's not to say those guys weren't devoted to the team. I think that one thing I think is interesting is the, the, the least offended people when players leave seem to be their teammates. I, I think they, they understand. They probably all thought about it numerous times, uh, themselves. So, but it's not a good sign. And, uh, it's, uh, I think that, you know, it goes back to, to, uh, Bo Nix leaving last year, uh, a guy that never wanted to do anything except play at Auburn and, uh, ends up feeling like he, the best thing for him is to move on. And it obviously, as it turns out, it was, uh, so I think it's just a sign of where, where Auburn is right now. And it's a lot of seeming turmoil and, uh, and it's, you know, it's going to make it harder to, uh, to be successful. Not so much because those guys won't be available, but just because of all the, uh, all the turmoil, uh, that seems to be within the program. Mark, it was, uh, you know, the only one we heard about from Brian Harson on Monday was was Zeke Walker. Now, he's he's the most, in terms of recruiting ranking, talented of this group. Um, I don't know if he had contributed the most out of this group. That That's probably um, Landon King. But, you know, Philip mentioned Bo. Um, you go back to last season, and now, you know, there's been 31 total transfers um, for, for Auburn of scholarship players since Brian Harson became head coach, but 19 of those have been some of their top recruits. 19 of those guys have been blue chip prospects. Um, and so, you know, when you look at, you know, recruiting isn't everything when terms of the guys you have on the roster, you got to develop them. Um, but it's pretty big. And when, when, you know, when you're losing a big chunk of the guys that your staff worked hard to get on, to get on campus, four-star guys, the previous staff worked hard to get those guys 
on campus um, when you when you lose those big chunks of players like they have over the past year and a half um, makes things difficult for a team that already has some depth issues this season. You know, I'm a big believer in good roster management to be competitive in SEC football. And, uh, you know, even if there was an attrition, even um, if they had a better signing class in 2022 and just go look and see how these guys have contributed or not contributed, there hasn't been a whole lot of help from the 2022 uh, signing class, particularly with the freshmen. Uh, there are some – there is some help out of the junior college guys and a couple of the transfers, but overall, a lot of the transfers aren't contributing either. So, you know, uh, if you're an Auburn fan and you're distressed about what you're seeing talent wise on the field right now, it could be much worse next season. And, uh, uh, you know, Auburn's currently ranked 12th in the SEC in the 24 seven sports recruiting rankings, uh, 49th nationally. And I'm not convinced to, everybody who's committed is going to end up signing with Auburn in December. So that's going to be certainly something to watch and just look at, go back to roster management guys. What are they going to do about the offensive line? I mean, almost all these guys who are playing this year, they're not going to be on the team next year. Um, What are they going to do about the defensive front? I mean, there's going to be some gaping holes there. Um, You know, it's just something needs to change and what's this trend because uh, I think Auburn's got a chance to be really, really down next season unless uh, this thing gets fixed. Yeah, and Jason, I mean, it, it, it'd be difficult to believe that this is it in terms of, at least from what we've heard about, you know, the current state of, of the personnel on the team. You know, it sounds like – it sounded like from, from what – Chick Dawson and Landon King said that this was, and we we know it to be true. This difficult decisions for them. You know, these are guys who really like Auburn, really like their position coaches, um, and it seems like a lot of guys on the team are kind of in that same boat. They see the writing on the wall. You know, they're not they're not arrogant. You know, they they don't they they can't completely block out everything. They know what's being said about their head coach, and so it's a bunch of guys who want to make sure they're in the right position um, when the season ends. And and like Mark said, you you know, maybe these four aren't the most uh, aren't the most harmful in the world in terms of uh, in terms of what they do to your to your depth and your rotations and all that kind of stuff. But any more, especially you know, at a couple more spots along the line of scrimmage, um, could be really harmful to to your roster management this season and in the future. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty you know, getting close to, to emergency levels at this point when you start looking at this roster. And, you know, the, the problem is, is is you start looking at it, and, and I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about from a talent standpoint what this roster and potentially next year and, and the year after, how those measured up to just the last 23 years that, that I've been doing this. And I thought back on it, the 19, that 99 roster that t- Tommy Toverville took over, probably the least talented one that I can remember in, in doing this job. You know, they had, they had some guys that were there, but they had some holes to fill. And they went to junior college and got Rudy Johnson in, in 2000. It made a big deal. Javor Mills out and more. I mean, they had to go get some junior college guys to, to get them prepared. But the league wasn't nearly as good in 1999 as it is right now. I mean, this is a much deeper, much more talented league than that 1990 team, 99 team had to face. Um, 
it's not even comparable to, to, to what you're having to deal with now when you're talking about Alabama and Georgia and, and everybody in the West and, and all these teams. That's the issue is that, you know, it's still a, a, a team with some talent, but not a lot of depth of talent. But you start looking around the rest of this league and see what everybody else is doing or done or putting together. And you start to look up and go, seriously, you're looking up. I mean, there's a lot more teams above you than below you right now if you're Auburn. And that's not a good position to be in in terms of talent uh, because in the end, that's the key. And, you know, where does it start? It starts in line of scrimmage. Mark mentioned earlier, we've talked about it you know, ad nauseum um, on these podcasts that it, it's, a, it's, it's always going to be a line of scrimmage league. You, you need the skilled players. You got to have those guys. You got to do those things. But if you can't you know, block and you can't, you know, get off blocks up front on the defensive line, then you're in a lot of trouble. And th- even with a veteran group, Auburn's having those issues right now. And there's not a whole lot of options behind them because if we were, we would see them. Now, we saw Jeremiah Wright, and hey, he, he looked like he's a guy that's going to be able to help them. But the, the crazy thing, I just can't wrap my mind around that as it stands right now, Auburn does not have a single offensive tackle on the roster next season that would have ever played one snap of football in college. Zero. Um, that's hard to fathom. And, and, and you can't go into a season going, well, you know, those guys are going to be ready. It, that's not a position that happens at. You got to, you got to get prepared and, and be ready to play at that position. And so um, a lot of work to be done. And that means, Transfer portal, recruiting class, um, keeping guys that you got right now. That's you mentioned. That's the thing. Now um, it may not be done, and and it's not just an in in one respect. It's not just an Auburn issue. It's a college football issue now. You start losing games, season goes down the tank a little bit, and it's just a, it's 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 a symptom of college football. I do think there's going to be maybe a little bit more of it at Auburn now, just because of everything involved, but. Um, it is not not a fun position to be in right now if you're talking about building for the future at Auburn uh, as it stands, you know, here heading into Arkansas on, on October 26th. Yeah, and we'll, of course, monitor all that and see what happens after after this weekend. Um, you know, I don't I don't I don't know how much of an effect. I mean, I think this there will be distractions, of course. Um, I go back to I, I remember. Um, that Tennessee game in in 2018, um, that was the week that I believe it was Marcelo who had a report about um, what was kind of going on in in the locker room, and um, there were some troubles. And then they went out and allowed Tennessee to to break its losing streak. And so you know you have to always account for those kinds of things. Um, and if they do lose this game on Saturday, you, you like we mentioned, you can only imagine that there um, would be some more players. There's um, a couple other things we got to get to before we actually talk about this game. Uh, we are still waiting. It's been 62 days since Alan Green uh, departed his post as Auburn's athletic director. And as we've mentioned over and over again, Philip, um, Auburn's new president, Christopher Roberts, has his own timeline, has his own way of doing things, and it's been very hush-hush so far. There's there's not been a lot that's that's come out um, from there, and even even in a public standpoint, even in a you know, from from Dr. Roberts, it's not like he's come out and um, made any sort of statement about the situation or about the progress of the AD search. But it it feels like this week, at least, you know, 
seemingly maybe a couple developments that might that might be happening that we that we might be getting near the finish line as you're listening to this on this will this will post Thursday morning. Um, maybe maybe Thursday, Friday before this game, maybe sometime next week. And there are, there are a couple candidates that seem like again, maybe I say that over and over again um, because it's been very clear in the search that you know we don't have all of the details. And Christopher Roberts is playing this very close to the vest. Um, it seems like it's a it's a possibility that that two guys are are kind of standing out, and we we might have an opportunity here to to put a bow on this one sometime in the near future. Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's just really kind of the whole thing is kind of is kind of crazy to be honest with you, and uh, that it that it that it's well, crazy is not the right word. Unusual is the right word that it has been so quiet. And so little information being let out. Uh, the uh, the two names I hear most often right now are Nunez, uh, uh, who's the New Mexico AD, who spent 14 years at LSU, and uh, John Hartwell, who is uh, at Utah State and uh, is an Alabama native, and whose whole family went to Auburn except him. He went to the Citadel, and they both got impressive resumes. Uh, but now, are they the two? I don't know that. I think that uh, they're definitely in it. Uh, you still got Rich McGlynn sitting there, who's the interim, and uh, some other names that have been thrown around. I've hear hear talk that there might be somebody that we haven't heard about. Uh, I don't haven't seen any sign of that. Uh, I, I I would think that uh, that those two are the most likely. Uh, leading candidates. Uh, I would probably lean a little more toward Hartwell, just my impression. Uh, but I, that could well be wrong. Uh, but like I said, they're both impressive, but it's, uh, you know, it needs to get done and then they need to move right on to doing whatever they're going to do, uh, with a football coaching situation. In my opinion, it's not doing anybody any good for it to be like it is right now. Uh, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I have a feeling that it's going to happen maybe maybe Friday, maybe the first of next week. Uh, but to be fair, I had a feeling it might happen last week too, which uh, obviously ended up being an inaccurate feeling. So it's just hard to know. My feeling is that, you know, I was asked a couple of weeks ago about the time frame, and I thought – it seems logical to be done sometime in the month of October, um, starting to run out of days in the month of October. You know, I, I won't be surprised any day it happens now, but uh, uh, I know people who know the president and they know him a lot better than I do. And they say he marches to the beat of his own drummer. He's not going to be pressured by trustees or boosters or fans or anybody. He's going to do the, the way he wants to do it when he wants to do it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, of course we've still got a football game to play on uh, to play on Saturday, and it's, it's it's Auburn's most successful series that they've got going on right now. It's their longest active SEC winning streak over Arkansas. Six games, of course, they had a six game winning streak over Ole Miss before they lost that game um, this season. Jason, there is a very there's a very glaring advantage for the Razorbacks in in one area of this game, and that is the fact that. Not only does Arkansas run the ball a lot, they run it more than anybody other than the service academies, but they run it pretty efficiently, and, and Auburn happens to, because of the last two games mainly, now have the worst run defense in the SEC and, and one of the worst rushing defenses in the country. And so um, for me, in terms of matchups, unit, you know, position to position matchups, unit matchups in this game, that's that's where this one starts for me because they, they can't allow Arkansas to just run the ball all day because that's exactly what they want to do, and they'll dictate the flow of the game. Yeah, yeah. You look at Auburn, and this is a—it's uh, it, an interesting game. It reminds me a lot of Ole Miss a little bit in that I think these are two teams that when you start talking about um, offenses, um, you know, obviously Arkansas. This 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 may be as 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 explosive and a balance as offenses Auburn will face all season long, including Alabama. This is an Arkansas team that can score points in bunches. But man, they give up a ton of them. Their defense is terrible, and just like Ole Miss, and and, and there's going to be opportunities for Auburn's offense to go out and make plays. That's the key for this game: is can Auburn's offense make those plays? Can they run the football? Can they keep KJ Jefferson and, and those guys from getting into that tempo? And and you know, this it's not a deep Auburn defense. We know that. Um, I don't know how much a bye week helps them recover from what they've had for the first seven weeks of this season. I still think, you know, it ain't going to take much to get worn down when you only play 19 or 20 guys. And so um, for Auburn, it's can you run the football, can you control the football, and can you not turn it over three or four times? So, that, I mean, that's that's the question. If you can avoid turnovers, this is absolutely a game that Auburn can win because they're going to – I mean, they're going to have opportunities to score points against this Arkansas defense that everybody has, including some some worse offensive teams, A&M, Texas A&M, and others. And so – um, they're giving up points in bunches. There'll be some opportunities to throw the ball down the field in the passing game. Um, can Auburn capitalize enough to get the win? Um, I think they got a shot. And and um, this is much like Ole Miss for me. I wasn't a huge believer in Ole Miss. I'm not a huge believer in Arkansas. Um, but K.J. Jefferson is is a guy that has shown it and and earned some respect. And to me, he's the, he's the difference if I look at this game going into Saturday. Philip, uh, Brian Harson is nine and one in his career off of bye weeks um, as a head coach. Since 2013, Auburn is also nine and one coming off of bye weeks. So it, it certainly seems like you, you combine that with the recent history in this series. You combine that with the fact that Auburn is returning home for almost the first time in a month that, this certainly has the feeling of, and look, we've talked about it a bunch. They can win every game on their schedule, except, I mean, obviously they can they can beat Alabama, but it doesn't you know, 
probably zero, you know, 0.1% chance, but you know, they can, all those other four games are, you, you can easily trace some, some winnable paths for them. Um, it certainly seems like if, if they're going to start to try to salvage some wins here, um, this is a really prime opportunity just because all those factors you've had success against them. And, you know, you've got an opportunity to, to come off a bye week where to Brian Harson's credit in his career, he's, he's done a good job scheming things up after bye weeks. Yeah, well, it's of course it's also Arkansas also had a bye week, so uh, some of that kind of offsets. I think that uh, that Auburn is but uh, certainly could win, uh, but I think kind of the same way I felt last week. I I, I look at it and say, has uh, has Auburn played well enough at any time this season for a full game to win this game? And I don't believe they have. Uh, so I think they're going to have to play better than they played, and uh, um, they certainly uh, were able to run the ball against Ole Miss, which which was good. And uh, uh, but you know this game, I think they're going to be able to run it some on Arkansas probably. Though if it was me. If it was me, I would say I'm going to put however many people it takes on the line of scrimmage to to not let you run it and see if you can beat me throwing the ball. And uh, maybe they'll do that. I don't know. But uh, I think Arkansas has got some advantages. I think they got an advantage at quarterback. I think they got uh, – well, I think they're just better all around on offense, to be honest with you. And uh, like I said, new team is really good on defense. Uh so Arkansas's biggest issue on defense has been pass defense, and I don't know how much Auburn will be able to take take advantage of that. Uh, I think it should be a close game. It should be an entertaining game, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like at, at 11 a.m. with all that's going on. I, I, I expect it'll be a big crowd, but I can't see uh, it being particularly electric. Maybe it will be, but... Uh, uh, and it's a game. If Auburn's if Auburn is going to have any chance to make anything of this season, they got to win. I I looked it up the other day. Auburn's had in the last fifty years, Auburn's had six, been three and four at, or worse after seven games six times, and they finished with a losing record every time. So uh, it's a big game for sure. And uh, when this when you go to Mississippi State with some momentum, and, uh, and who knows. Who knows what happens? And then you move on to Texas A&M. He's not very good. And then Western Kentucky. So, yeah, the opportunity is there. But they're going to have to play better than they played any time this season. They could win all of them, but they're going to have to play better than they have played to win any of them. That's my opinion. Yeah, this this crowd has been tested um, this season. But as we've talked about on here before, they've they've responded every time and they've, they've played a pretty good role against San Jose State and uh, LSU and Missouri as well. Kind of made their presence felt in all those games. Um, and, and if this is a close game, which it probably should be, I can't see either of these teams really um, taking the other one to, to the woodshed. I, I think that it will be close since Auburn's crowd could play a could play a big role here. Um, Mark, you know, when we talked to Brian Harson on, on Monday, talking about the quarterback situation, it certainly seems like we saw TJ Finley come in in that last game, but just as the weeks go on, it's kind of clearer that this offense has, has a better opportunity for success as sporadic as he is. um, And as turnover prone as Robbie Ashford is, 
he does give you the opportunity for some of those explosive plays. Brian Harson said, you know, he's he's seen the improvements in practice, which is something we've heard from him uh, this this year before about you know they're improving in practice, but it's not translating to the field. He said, you know, but we're still not where we want to be at the quarterback spot, and that leads to like Philip talked about, um, they've got to be successful running the football again. Um, this game and you know it, it comes down to the turnovers in a big way because against Ole Miss I mean look after after they went down 21-0 they outscored Ole Miss 34 to 27 the rest of the game and a big part of that was because they were able to just run it down their throats with with 301 yards but this has to be a clean game for Robbie Ashford it doesn't have to be an explosive passing performance but I think a clean game from him and, and, a, and another good game from Tank Bigsby and and Jarquez Hunter probably is 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 the formula for Auburn having an opportunity to win this game. You know, I think a big thing to watch on Saturday is can Auburn get a, keep the drives going on third downs? Uh, and can the defense get off the field on third downs? Because they're not very good in either area. And, you know, I think Auburn's lack of depth has been a problem and why they've been outscored a lot in the fourth quarter. And uh, Arkansas has got a big physical offensive line and, uh, if you give these guys a chance to start wearing on Auburn's defensive front, they're going to have a problem stopping K.J. Jefferson, who, in my opinion, is a much more dangerous runner than Jackson Dart was, who gave Auburn all kinds of fits over at Ole Miss. And then Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders, is probably playing better than anybody in the SEC right now as far as a running back. He's got 870 yards. He's 6'2", 227. He's averaging over six yards a carry and – Auburn hasn't been very good at defending the corners. And if you let Rocket Sanders get out there on a uh, quick pitch or, or whatever he's running, or let, you let him run some reverses, that's going to be a problem. So uh, I think Auburn's got his hands full on Saturday defensively and offensively. Yeah, the first thing Owen Papo said when I asked him Monday about what, what they saw having, you know, obviously we got his flash reaction after the game in Oxford, but, you know, having more time to look at the film of, of what's gone wrong with their run defense. The first thing he said was, was setting the edge. You know, he said that before missed tackles. He said that before talking about filling gaps. And so talk about a guy like rocket Sanders, who yeah, like you said, SEC's leading rusher. Um, this is also a game where Arkansas is getting a lot healthier. Sam Pittman said today on Wednesday, this is the healthiest they'll have been all season. Obviously they have a couple guys out for the year, just like Auburn, um, but they're expecting to get a lot of guys, back from injury in this game. Um, Jason, in terms of prediction, we'll, we'll start with you. There's This is this is one of the tougher ones um, for me, at least it has been all week. I, I can't I can't lie and say that some of the some of the player departures maybe didn't push me Arkansas's way a little bit just because of, of maybe some of the distractions those might be. But I'm interested to hear your take on on where you come down on this game and, and where you think, you know, the key matchups might be that that could sway it for either Arkansas or Auburn. Thinking about Ole Miss game and, and you know thinking that that defense wasn't very good, Auburn's going to have opportunities. I think the same thing here. I think Auburn's going to have plenty of opportunities to score. I think they will score. But I think KJ Jefferson's the difference. I think I picked 34-30 Arkansas. I think it's going to be a fourth quarter game. Auburn playing at home. Uh, this team has continued to play hard. Can the can the defense make a few more plays? I don't know. We'll see. I, I think this this Arkansas offense has been really good, but the defense has been. You know, porous at best. Um, I think it'll be a back and forth game, but I, it's hard for me to to when I when I think about that, I think about KJ Jefferson experience and a guy that's and turned it over a bunch. That that could be really big in this game on Saturday. 
First, I picked uh, I picked Auburn to win this game, uh, 31-27. And then I switched back, about reversed the score. Then I switched back to Auburn. And my final answer is Auburn is going to lose 34-27. And I think, you know, some of the the uh, uh, goings-ons this week with four guys off the roster, that impacts it a little bit. And uh, I think – Sam Pittman, as you mentioned, saying that Arkansas is healthier, that impacted the way I'm thinking. And, you know, just looking at how these teams match up, I've got um, a big problem seeing how Auburn is going to stop the Arkansas rushing attack. I really do. And uh, if Auburn commits a lot of people to stop the run, they're going to be vulnerable on some big passing plays off the play action because that's what Jefferson does well. And, uh, you know, last year Auburn didn't have much success running the football against Arkansas. 35 carries, 135 yards, and uh, 42 of those yards and a touchdown came on Bo Nix runs. So, uh, you know, the Auburn had almost 300 yards passing out there at Fayetteville, but uh, I'm not sure that Robbie Ashford's capable of doing that, guys. Philip, you mentioned this week that you might pick Auburn just because you haven't done it. <laughs> haven't done it in a few weeks. Um, you, did did you end up going that route? And, and yes, I did. And uh, I'm not okay. sure how good I feel about it. Uh, <laughs> I picked Auburn 26 to 24. Like I said, I don't think I picked them since probably the Missouri game. And uh, uh, and I'm not sure I should have picked them here. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's. I'm quite sure Mississippi State, excuse me, Arkansas is going to uh, is going to have success running the ball. There's no reason to believe they won't, and uh, uh, and I believe Auburn's going to be able to move the ball too. And uh, it should be an interesting game. I think I picked Auburn 26 to 24. So if if I'm wrong. Uh, since I really think Arkansas might win, can I just change it? Can I go either or? On I was going to say, you know, you know, depending on how you're feeling right now, I, I know a guy. I know a guy who can change your pick for you in the, in the story. You just... I picked Auburn 26 to 24, and I'm probably going to stick with it. Jordan Harris Stadium is a tough place to play. Uh, I'm sure Arkansas is going to be excited to play, and uh, uh, that's okay too. And uh, I think it should be a fun game. And probably it'll come down to turnovers. And so so far that has not been good for Auburn for games to come down to turnovers. Yeah, if you end, if you end up wanting to change it, uh, you will not be the first one this week because it, it made me laugh. It made me laugh. Uh, I, think, I think I was reading – maybe I was wrong, but I think, Mark, I think your email came in around like 4, 4.30. I was reading Chick Dawson's – tweet saying that he was leaving and then at the top a notification comes in from mark and says um i'm changing my pick to arkansas <laughs> so the, the combination of those things was uh was pretty fun. i'm i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with arkansas and join join mark and jason with that i'm going 41 to 31 uh a lot of the, a lot of the reasons mark mentioned i liked um you know, the razorbacks are getting healthier which is a big thing for them um you know they've especially in the secondary you're talking about, you know, Robbie Ashford maybe needing to do a lot in this game, um, especially you know making sure that he's not turning the ball over. But they get three guys back this week if 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 all goes according to plan. 
they'll get three contributors back in the secondary, including um, two starters. KJ Jefferson played really well against BYU. Um, you know, and like and like Philip mentioned, you know, Arkansas is also coming off of a bye week. That's not something you can just ignore. And so, and this is this is something. This is a, this game is a little personal for them. That's what KJ Jefferson said this week. You know, talking about he was talking about the fumble in 2020, the Bo Nix, you know, spike in that game at the end of the game that allowed Auburn to win the game. You know, he's talked about just how there's a bunch of guys. There's a sixth year senior starting offensive lineman on their team who has never beaten who has never beaten Auburn um, in 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 his career. And so this seems like an opportunity against a down Auburn team. Um, and I just I see so many matchups with Arkansas that that favor them. And it, it again, like like all of us have talked about, it starts with Auburn's inability over the past few weeks to to stop the run. And you look at what Arkansas does offensively and the way they run the ball. It's very similar to Ole Miss. But like Mark said, you've got even a more prolific runner at quarterback at, in KJ Jefferson. You have the SEC's leading rusher in Rocket Sanders. And so um, I, I think I think all of us could see it going either way. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Auburn wins this game because it's Arkansas and they're at home. Um, I'm going to take the Razorbacks. I'll go 41-31. So um, I think that'll do it for us. I think we'll go and go and wrap it up here tonight appreciate everybody for tuning in to this edition of the roundtable we will be back on friday with trey biddy from hog sports to preview arkansas in the the pregame pod that'll be friday for you guys and then obviously um after the game on saturday jason and i will have our instant reaction um from jordan hare stadium and so appreciate everybody for tuning in if you guys enjoyed the show today please go leave us a five-star review that is the number one thing that helps us out the bumper music is by beats by mordecai you guys can follow him on twitter soundcloud instagram and until the next show we will catch you guys later everybody enjoy the rest of your week talk to y'all soon